This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Tallman prides itself in having more lineman tools in stock than anyone else. And now, when you're shopping online at tallmanequipment.com, look for the truck logo that says in stock and ready for shipping on hundreds of items on our website. That logo means that item is in stock and ready to ship the same day in most cases. When it comes to getting the tools and equipment linemen need, you gotta trust Tallman. Goalie Astro Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. These gummies are a holistic, non-habit forming approach to help you relax, restore, and unwind. Ashwagandha is classified as an adaptogen. Adaptogens are a select group of plants to help your body cope with stress. Studies have shown that KSM 66 Ashwagandha reduces levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. Use our promo code, the Show Up Dad Foundation, and get 10% off your order. And last but not least, Zendurins. These products are products that the Show Up Dad stands behind. They help to maximize your health. They strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad out there. They use proven, clean, and accessible products to make an impact on your health and performance. Use my code, the Show Up Dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. That is spelled X-E-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Thank you. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast, where our mission is to improve the well-being of children by increasing the proportion of children growing up with an involved, responsible, and committed father. The Show Up Dad Foundation is a 5013C organization that encourages dads to become more than just a paycheck. Today's guest is Alfredo Nieto. He is a single dad to four beautiful children, two boys and two girls. He is working full-time in the busy, bustling Southern California as a journeyman lineman. He has spent 23 years in the trade and has overcome various obstacles to become the father he is today. Welcome to our show, brother. How you doing, man? Thank you. I appreciate you getting me on the broadcast on the show of Dad. This is all. This is Alfie Nieto, and I'm 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 very I'm very thankful to for to be to be on the show. Absolutely, brother. Well, Alfie, the reason why I reached out to you, like I, I told you before, is, man, I, I see all the stuff you're doing with your children. I see all the hard work you're putting in, um, just being present and in that moment. I understand how you guys work out there in the field, all the hours and stuff. And it's it's pretty awesome to see that you're taking that time to be present in their lives, you know, and that that's a, that's a big thing, I think. So thank you again for coming on, brother. Oh, oh no, man! I appreciate it. Yeah, and I mean it's it's been hard, and you know, and it's uh, I'm very thankful for the trade and for my kids, you know. So I'm I'm very I'm very I I I love the opportunity to to speak about it. Absolutely, brother. Well, let's get right in this, bro. Um, I want to ask you, like I ask all our guests, how was your relationship with your father like growing up, man? What was he like? You know what? My 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 dad came. He's a he was an old school Mexican hardcore man. He, you know, we came. He came from Mexico. He uh, back in the day when when he was young, he you know obviously he he didn't have a citizenship, and he got an opportunity where back in the day I think they had like a like a permit to where they they picked certain people to come to the United States to come to work. So he came. Mm-hmm. then he then he became a a citizen 
Mm-hmm. And then he brought my mom over and stuff like that. So I was born here. And then, you know, obviously after I was born here, I my mom wanted to go back home. So she moved us back to Mexico again. So I lived in Mexico for like five years and I came back. And you know what? My dad was hardcore, you know, yeah. hard, cold, old school Mexican fucking hard worker, worked every day. Even on the on the, his days off, he was always working at home and stuff, doing stuff at the house. He was just hard. Mm-hmm. And um, he had me working with him because he owns his he owned his own landscaping business. Mm-hmm. So, like all my summers when I was out of school, I had to go work with him. He took mm-hmm. me to work, and that's how he he brought us up like that. He brought me up like, you know, you're a worker, you're gonna work. So that's yeah. why I like to work. So I like to work so much is because I he he implanted that in my head, like you're gonna work all the time, you know. So, mm-hmm. but he was always hardcore. Never showed me no affection or love and stuff like that, you know. It was just, but I knew he loved me. But he just was one of those hard guys, one of the guys that just didn't know how to show love, you know. Mm-hmm. So he also was, uh, like, uh, his dad was a single dad because his mother. His, his mom passed away when when they were born because he was a, he was a twin mm-hmm. and his mom passed away while, they, while she was giving birth to them so his dad brought him up by himself too and my grandpa was a hardcore guy too you know Mex- old Mexican this is old Mexican you know I'm, excuse my language I'm sorry but he's mm-hmm. old school Mexican and my dad was just brought up hardcore and I yeah. think that was just implanted in his head to do that same thing to his boys. And, you know, to, to the boys, he was like that. But like my sister, he was completely different. Like he showed her completely different love that we wanted, but he just didn't show the boys that, which I get it now. I understand why, but mm-hmm. that's that's how I was brought up. Now, Alfred, I wanted to ask you, really, and I think this is very important. Uh, I know because like I've, I've talked to other guests and stuff like that, even for myself, now you said how the girls were treated different, right? Mm-hmm. Now, was there ever a time that you saw that the girls were treated like less than? And the reason why I'm asking that is because in my home and other people I've talked to, because we're we're about the same age, boys were looked at as the ones who are gonna carry on the family name. They were yes. looked on as you're getting this, you're getting this, you're you're going to inherit all this stuff and the girls guess what you know marry a good guy right yeah that's that's the way it was kind of looked at i I know for my family did you ever see that in your family as well where the girls are almost looked at like not equal or like kind of second in a way you know what not not necessarily like my dog my sis my sister was like he he treated her like he was very sweet and honest with her and like like I mean he was always he was different with her because she was a girl. Yeah. That was his that was his and plan with that, but she, he that was his, his newborn. Oh you know, okay. that's you know, so I I'm the same way with my, my oldest daughter. Like, you know, I kind of kind of treat her a little bit different than I do the rest of my kids. But I mean I still love all my kids the same way, but mm-hmm. I have a little bit more more because you know she's your firstborn that's your firstborn daughter you know so, and, mm-hmm. but yeah he was he definitely was different with, with the boys 
he was very hard on the boys. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are. He was trying to make us men. That's what he was doing, making us men. Yeah. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it was. Yeah, no, and that's def. I could definitely see that. I mean, especially coming from Mexico to the United States, I can't even imagine. Um, you know, new world, new country. You know, you're looked at differently because you're you're not an American, and you have to be tough. Those are times where you had to be tough. And he tried to raise you guys the best way he could possibly do it by not showing you that compassion and love. And, and you know what I mean? But I mean, I'm sure he still showed you love in a sense that he put a roof over your head. Right. Oh, you no. Cold, yeah. You had food and stuff like that. So and it's not taking away that he didn't show you love. He showed you love the way he knew how. No. Yeah. You, I mean, you know what? Yeah, exactly. You know what? Mm-hmm. He, he gave me everything that I wanted. Like, I mean, when I was in school, I had the best the clothes, the best shoes. Mm-hmm. Like I had everything that I wanted. That he that he did give me. He did not have a problem giving me whatever I wanted. Yeah. And you know, and then I and when I was in school, a lot of my friends, you know, were jealous. They're like, why do you have all the nicer stuff? You know? Because mm-hmm. my dad didn't care. My dad, that's I think that's that's how he showed me his love was like mm. by buying me stuff. He didn't show it physically. Like, I mean, I would go play sports and, and you know, play. I was in Little League and stuff. I never had my parents there to support me when I was playing sports. I had mm-hmm. one of my best friend's parents there all the time supporting me because, I, you know, we were, we were so close that we would always be on the same team. So they were supporting. They would take me to practices because my dad was always working. And mm-hmm. my mom was a Mexican woman that stayed at home and she didn't drive. Yeah. So she yeah. could she couldn't go. So nobody else would go to my games. It was just my friends. So <clears throat> I never had that type support, of support like right? from my dad, from my parents being at like my games and stuff. Like I played football in high school. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They never showed up to any of my games. So, but you know, I I get it now. Now that I'm grown, I understand mm-hmm. what he did and made me the person that I am now. Yeah. Hey, Alfred, I wanted to ask you on that point. Do you think it would have made a difference just to see your dad in the stage or, or in the stands or cheering you on? Do you think that would have, you know, really change your perspective oh, oh. or anything like that? Oh, of course. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. I did. Like, you know, that would have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that would have made it like it would have for myself. It would have done a lot for me. Like, yeah, yeah. like emotionally and like, yeah, it would have done a lot for me, but. Mm-hmm. But I got it, you know, I, you know, I knew what kind of a man he was and he was always busy, you know, and he's taking care of the business and taking care of the house with everybody. So I get it. I got it. Mm-hmm. And, but, I, you know, I grew up like that. So I didn't know any different, but I did see that the, the screwed up stuff was, I would see my friends and their mm-hmm. parents were there and my parents were never there. So it was like, yeah, why, why, you know, why can't my parents be here but i got it you know i got it my dad had in mind his 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 mindset to do what he was going to do and Mm -hmm. he became pretty much a a good successful man and got a lot of stuff for his family and i get it now i get it it's like yeah i understand it was you didn't have the time for it but i when i became a father i made sure that i changed that for yes. my for my kids absolutely bro you know no, i agree with you 100 percent. and uh 
the reason why I ask these questions, Alfred, is because I remember the same thing. I, I remember my father not being there because he was working too, right? And uh, my mom, yeah. I mean, she was the only woman in the stands with all the men. And this is from football yeah. to wrestling, everything. And my dad supported everything. I mean, he when it came down to wrestling, I went to every single wrestling camp. I went to California, went to Oklahoma, went to Canada, all these different camps. He had the money for that because he was working in, in order for me to do that. But I wanted him in the stands, you yeah. know what I mean? And um Exactly. You know, so I can I can see that and empathize with you there. You know, I, I think it would uh it would have helped me reach a different level, I believe, than where I was at, if that makes sense. You know, as no, far yeah, as a... completely. Because mm -hmm. yeah, definitely, like I, I, I was out playing before, and I would look at the stands and be like, maybe mm -hmm. they showed up, and I'm just looking. No, they didn't show up. You know, I don't know if I mean it might have made a big difference. I mean, obviously, yeah, it could. You know, it's, mm -hmm. but I got it. I understood. Like you know, my mother took care of the house. My dad had to work and, you know, like my dad didn't see it that way. Like, obviously, because he grew up by himself pretty much. Pretty much his dad was a single fa father as well. Mm -hmm. So he was brought up hardcore because my grandpa was hard, like, like bad. Like he, he didn't show no emotion. So that's how my dad grew up. And mm -hmm. you know how it goes. It just goes. Yep. That's how he sees that he was brought up. He's going to do the same thing with his boys. Absolutely, with walks and so, fathers, rings yeah. and sons, <laughs> you know. Exactly, uh, exactly. But uh, now seeing that, and like you, I made the decision to to start being more present as well, and see how important that is. Um, I get it, and I could actually see how kids can actually look at why their parents aren't there and be like, okay, well then the job is more important than me. They they have a tendency as children to think that it's them, that I'm the problem. Yeah. I'm not as important as that work. I'm yeah. not as important as that job. You know what I mean? And that's kind of our mission here with this foundation and stuff like that is just bringing that awareness to be like, hey, man, this is sometimes how your kids, not all kids, but majority of kids tend to look at things when you start putting other things in priority over them, you know, yeah. and um, start making decisions more, I guess, that are more for the family yeah. um but uh how is your relationship now with him alfredo um my actually he's he passed away um oh, sorry to hear that it's been three years since he passed away he he uh he passed away from brain cancer oh man i'm so sorry to hear that brother yeah so mm -hmm. yeah so he's gone yeah so. <clears throat> do you feel that you uh do you feel that you told him everything you needed to tell him? Like, do you feel that you guys left on good, he left on good terms and stuff like that and with you? Well, right, right before we found out he had uh, brain cancer, um, um, I told him, I, I told him I wanted to take them back to Mexico because he was going to turn 80. So I said, let's go for your birthday. I said, I'll pay for your whole the trip. I said, I want all of us to go. And my mm -hmm. dad was all excited. He was like, yeah. He goes, you know, he started saying what he wanted to do. So then uh, he, uh, I, I, so let me back up a little bit. So mm -hmm. the man that he became,
came, he was a, he's a great grandfather to my kids. Like he showed my kids the most love, like it, amazing, amazing love to all my kids. Yeah. Like my, my babies, my, my boys, everybody. And I, and I think he did it because he knew that he messed up yeah. not doing it to us when we were young. Like, like, he loved my kids. He would do anything for my kids. He always says to call them, those are my babies, those are my babies. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and, and my kids were always excited. Like, I used to be so excited to, I would I would sit by the window and wait till he got home just to go see him. Yeah, and and then he didn't give me no, no love and stuff. When I would run to him and stuff, he would just like, you know, you're a boy, and you know. And I remember one time we were because he used to always take us to the swamp me on Sundays, yeah. And he, I would always grab his hand, you know. And I remember one time I reached out to grab his hand, brush my hand away, and I kind of like was like, what the, what the, what's like, what's up with that? And he's like. You're old and you're not old. You're old enough not to get your hand pulled. And I'm like, okay. But with my kids, he completely changed. Yeah. And then, you know, he changed. And he was a great, great grandfather to my kids. He adored my kids. He did anything for my kids. He loved my kids. And and I kind of felt that like a relief for me. Mm-hmm. And I respected him a lot more because he's he was doing that stuff because I think he he regretted he didn't want to tell me that he screwed up as a kid as as a younger when when we were young yeah. and he was ta- he's doing it for my kids so and he was showing my kids the love that I wanted all the time he yeah. was there for my kids for anything my kids asked to be there he would be there the grandpa can you do this he would do it. And that was stuff like that that I used to ask for him to do, and he wouldn't do it. So I think he realizes it when he got older. But, yeah, he ended up uh, right, you know, right before we booked the flights to go to Mexico, he had a doctor's appointment, and um, they, he went to go get a CAT scan, and they, they said, you're going to take him to the emergency room. We found something in his brain that doesn't look right. And sure enough, we went to the emergency room. They did an emergency surgery to check what was going on, and that was it. Like he had stage four cancer in his brain, and mm-hmm. shortly after that, it was pretty much over. It's good to see how he recognized where his shortcomings were as a father to you guys, and he chose to change that with your kids. I mean, I I see that even with my father. Like, you know, we grew up the same way our father was a hardcore dude never drank but my god he was you know the the running joke in our house alfredo was your dad should drink (laughs) you know what i mean because he he, he turns (laughs) nice you know what i mean and uh, same way his dad was very very uh rough with him as well abusive tough um to the point where his dad you know just because my 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 father didn't have blue eyes you know so he had green eyes and he would tell him, you're not my kid, even though he looked exactly like my grandpa, you know, so that's the type of home he grew up with. Very uh, old school cowboy, uh, you know, Spanish family, you know, my, um, my grandfather on my dad's side, his dad was a immigrant from Portugal. They came, he came to America when he was 14 years old as a whaler. Yeah, 
and they settled down with their brothers and they got into the cattle business and they were cowboys, you know what I mean? And so they grew up really rough and everything. And, uh, needless to say, he showed that to my father and my father did the same thing to us. And now I have those father wounds where I want to change for my kids because I was doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, and I don't want that for my children. I want, I want it to stop with me. You know, I don't want it to continue down that lineage. You know, it's got to stop and it takes guys like you and myself to, to stand up and be like, all right, enough is enough. I'm not going to have that in my family no more. Yeah. You know? And you know, when, when, you know, when I got in this trade, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good trade. And, yeah. you know, I was very like proud of being in this trade and, he never like told me he was proud of me for like all the success that I've got in this trade. I never heard it from him, mm-hmm. but he would all, I would, I tell him, I would always talk to my mom and be like, I said, why does he ever tell me like, fuck, good job. Like do, you, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, trust me. She's like, she, he tells all his clients about you, about what you do. I said, well, why does he tell me? Like, that's something I want to hear. Yep. But he was proud of me, but he never told me. So I don't understand. It was just his pride, I guess, you know, being one of those machismo guys. Yeah. But I get it. I get it now. I see it. And I knew he was proud of what I was doing because I got four beautiful kids and he mm-hmm. loved my kids. So he knew that I was doing the right thing. I asked my mom the same thing. I was like, why doesn't he ever tell me he's yeah. proud of me? And, yeah. Um, she told me the exact same thing, bro. Almost verbatim as your your mom told you. He is proud of you. He tells every everybody about you. Yeah. And it's like it leaves you wondering. So why why can't he tell me? Why is it such a a hard? I finally heard it for the first time, probably about a month ago. Okay, I'm 44 years old. Never heard him say that. And uh, my brother passed away. It's going to be two years ago here October 26th okay he was a journeyman lineman as well he died when he was 38 years old uh, a day before his 39th birthday he had a heart attack and um you know because of him dying and stuff like that my dad you know has been going through a lot of transitions because a parent should never have to bury their own child ever no no so I can't even imagine the grief that's going through him but uh, he finally called me one day because he was having a hard time. He couldn't understand, right? Yeah. And it's and it's hard to listen to your father because I never heard this man cry. But it's hard to to listen to your father break down and cry. It is. Yeah. And I'm I'm like kind of blown away that this man's opening up to me. And because he never really showed emotion. And he's crying he's asking why and how unfair it was that god took his son and all this stuff and i'm also thinking to myself well you still got one son and you still got grandkids too you know what i'm saying so i'm kind of taking offense and personalizing but i'm allowing him to grieve you know and uh, i'm just listening and listening and finally he came out with it and he said he's like i love you and i am proud of you i am proud for what you've done and i have never heard that alfredo never heard that until that moment But what I was getting at is it took him losing a son to realize that he had another son and to be able to say, hey, I'm proud. I should have said this to you guys more often. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I I wish I would have heard that from him. But Mm -hmm. we 
I mean, we, we did have a falling out like a while ago, like a, back in the day. And, you know, him and my mom would get into fights and stuff like that. And then uh, mm-hmm. I, this is kind of be like, this is a real personal situation and stuff, you know? So yeah, I was in my room. I was, I was in high school and I heard some stuff going on in the room. They were arguing and stuff like that. And I heard, like something getting physical, and I, I I walked in and I slammed the door open. And my what my mom's like, don't don't get involved. And I I walked up to him and I said, look, so you want to take your anger? I'll take it out on me. I said, don't you ever touch my mother. I said, take it out on me. I'm not like, I'm right here. And he's mm-hmm. like, you're gonna hit me. I said, I'm not gonna hit you. I said, I have too much respect for you. I said, but you want to take your anger? I'm right here. Throw it out on me. And he's like, I'll, I'm like, I'm right here. Go ahead. And after that, like, we we wouldn't we would we wouldn't talk as much, you know. But after that, but he he, I stood up to him, and I don't think he liked it. Yeah. You know, he he's like I said, he has that machismo stuff. So he took it. I think he took it as an offense. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. But he still loved, he still, you know, was there for me. But we, we, our, our relationship changed after that, after I stood up to him. And mm-hmm. I don't regret it, you know, because I was protecting my mom. But, but after that, he started, he changed. He, he yeah. did change. He did change. And I saw that. I saw that he changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's why I don't have no regrets because I knew that I, whatever I did, I made him change for some reason and he was never going to tell me thank you for doing that or whatever he but mm-hmm. he was he he was a good man and you know he he was the man of the house and he he held his family together yeah he did the best he, held, he knew how to do yeah yeah I don't I don't think he knew how to I don't think he knew how to respond to that when I mm-hmm. did that it's definitely um it's it's unfortunate that that had to happen, but you know there was change with it. Um, I remember my dad stopped hitting me one time because I did the same thing. Um, he was beating the hell out of me, bro. And I remember clear as day in the kitchen, and he has me up against the wall, and we're, he's he's hitting me, and I finally stood up to him, and he stopped, and he had a smirk on his face. He's like, "Oh, you want to." So you want to be treated like a man? And he went at me like a man. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I jumped I, I jumped right through the screen, bro. We had a screen door and the screen was up. So, you know, it was just a screen. So I flew through that sucker and he came chasing me, dude. And he tore my shirt off when I jumped over the fence and I ran out to the front and my buddy was just driving down. You know, he had one of them little Hondas that had the, the low rider tires and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah homie almost ran me over dude and uh he's like what's going on dude and i jumped into his window i was like go 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 and he saw my dad chasing me out the front door dude and he just drove you know and i remember going to his house and it's kind of funny because my dad grew up with his dad right yeah and uh i went to his dad's house and they're having a party like a quinceanera or something right and i'm over there with my nose all dried blood and hair all messed up and shirt torn and i'm 
kind of embarrassed because, you know, I look like I just got thrashed, you know, and his family's there and everything. And I remember sitting on the side of the wall outside of the house and, you know, they would bring me food and be like, here, here's some cake and stuff like that. You know, I sat there for a while, you know, until I guess my parents called their dad and told me, you know, you need to get home, you know, but uh, it was, you know, stuff like that. You know, I mean, my dad was different from that point on with me as well as what I was trying to get at, you know, once I stood up to him, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that, that like, when I did that, either, he, I don't know if he, like, I, I thought he hated me for that, you know, mm-hmm. I thought he was like, you know, like, because, like I said, he he wouldn't talk to me as much, he would walk by me and not even say hello, but as my kids were there, he would always, you know, give them a hug, and my, you know, my kids would run to him and, like, give them hugs, and you know, grandpa's home, grandpa's home and stuff like that. But like, he would even, he would just walk right by me. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we wouldn't even talk. And, but I, I mean, I, when I saw the love that he was giving to my kids, I was, I was okay with it. I was fine. I was like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need you to give me like any acknowledgement that I was there pretty mm-hmm. much. Cause he pretty much showed me he <laughs> I wasn't even there. Yeah. Now you said machismo and, I think we tie that in with respect, right? And yeah, it took me having to learn this and going through like a, you know, one of our counselors and stuff like that, because I felt like I was being disrespected. I felt like my daughter wasn't giving me respect. I felt like my mom or not my mom, my wife wasn't giving me respect. Right. And the lady yeah. finally asked me, she's like, well, define to me what respect is. I didn't know how to, I didn't even know what respect was, dude. And I think yeah. a lot of times, man, we want respect because that's our deepest need. You know, there's a book out there called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerichs. And he talks about the deepest need for a woman is love. They need to feel loved, cherished, right? Yeah. Our daughters yeah. and our wives. Now, for men, we need to feel respected that we're needed, right? And yeah. I think that we get confused with what respect is because if we truly don't know what respect is, we're going to always think we're being disrespected. And I think for a lot of men, we confuse the respect with machismo, right? Oh, you have to respect me. And it's like, well, why do I got to respect you? Are you being someone I want to respect who deserves respect? It really, it really, it really changed my perspective, you know, because it's like, man, am I really actually being the person that deserves respect? Do I cherish my wife? Do I, do I, do I love my children? But I lay down my life for my family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And am I am I showing them love? Not just telling yeah. them love or doing love for them, you know what I mean? But showing them love, you know? And it just really changed my respect. But hopefully to bring understanding to that, brother, I know that brought understanding for me and healing for me is to understand that my father wanted respect, but he didn't even know what respect was. And I didn't even know what respect was, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I, hands down, though, you know what? He's a, he was he's he was a great man, yeah, great fucking great man, great man. He showed us, he showed me a lot, yeah, to the person that I am now, and he also showed me what kind of man not to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I did get that. The I I he he did teach me how to be a father, how to be a husband. And well, not actually how to be a husband, like how to just mm-hmm. to be the household man, 
showed me that. He did show me that. And 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 morals of you know you're the man of the house. You take care of your family, mm-hmm. and that's your job. You take care. No matter what, you take care of your family. And I I learned that. And that was always said in my head. I'm the man of the house. I'm gonna take care of my responsibilities mm-hmm. at the home mm-hmm. and work as well and do a good jo- and do a good job at, at work. Mm-hmm. So I did learn that from him. Cause like I said, he had me working since I was 13 years old. Like all my friends would be on the summertime, riding their bikes, playing games and stuff. You know, you know, we used to always play after school. We were playing the street, like back in the day, like it was, that's not like it is now. These kids are all, about the phones and stuff and playing video games we didn't have video games like that back in the mm-hmm. day no we we would we after school like we're like we'll have like four eight eight friends where we, we will be playing football on the street mm-hmm. jumping on top of hoods and fucking people's cars catching the football and then and then the people the, the people were cool with it like the kids are having fun you know they're, <laughs> they're, they're out there in the street having fun and then we would play baseball on the street so it was just like it was different mm-hmm. and it was fun but yeah like i said he he showed me the but i i when every summer i had to go to work mm-hmm. and that's where my mentality was always at. like as soon as as soon as i had a, 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 my first daughter i knew mm-hmm. i said okay this is it i got to i got to financially take care of my family and stuff so you know i have to be hard with work and mm-hmm. and just dedicate myself to work so i can have my family have a good life mm-hmm. and that's how it started i know a lot of times we buy into this type of work right as men that we get paid a lot of money in this trade okay yeah right but i don't think people really understand the give and take to it they're not giving that money away there's there's going to be a level of sacrifice somewhere and a lot of and a lot of times in this trade you know we get lost and i want to provide a better life for my family right but it takes a toll because now you're pulled away from your family so what is some of the stuff that you do now that you're doing in your family with your kids brother so you can be more present with them so you're right. You you're completely right. Like I when I was coming up mm-hmm. this trade, I missed a lot of birthdays. I missed a lot of Christmases. I missed a, a lot of Thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. I missed a lot of their games and stuff that they played sports because I was working. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and, uh, and now it's like I, I make time for all my kids now. Like you know, it's like I gotta, I gotta be there for them now. So you know, it's like it's hard. You know, you we we yeah, you make a lot of money to sacrifice for what they want. But I I realized like me doing that was was it my greed to make more money mm-hmm. on those on those holidays and stuff like that. It's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it. So now it's like I make sure I'm there for my kids for whatever thing that they need. I'm like birthdays, school stuff. I make sure that I'm there. I want them to see me there. 
I want them to look around and say, oh, my dad's here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's. How did you become self-aware of that, though? Like, <sighs> like, like what well, happened to where you're like, man, I'm going the wrong path, man. I need to start being present. Like, what caused you to do that? Because I know for a lot of people, like for me, I had to hit rock bottom, brother, for me to start okay. doing changes, you know. So, so yeah, you know, like, you know how this, I'm sure you and everybody in this trade knows how it goes. Yep. You know, you, you work, you go to the bar after work and, you know, and you miss a lot of time, like a lot of yeah. time going home, you know, you do that. And I became sober. I became sober for three years. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, like, what I missed and what, what my priorities were. Mm. I mean, obviously my kid, my family was always my problem. I made sure that they always had a roof over their head and, and there, but I was not there physically because, you know, after work, mm -hmm. the guys wanted to go to the bar, go hang out and stuff like that. You don't get home till late at night. Mm -hmm. And then, then you go back to work again and you're gone again for another 15 hours. And then you do the same thing back and forth every day. Yeah. And when I became sober, it opened my eyes mm -hmm. on what, how much stuff I've missed. And mm -hmm. my, my, and, and, you know, and I also realized who my friends were and who were not my friends. That mm -hmm. I did realize that a lot like I realized like you know all the guys all the people that used to hang out with me were not there when I became sober yeah so then I'm like okay the only reason you guys are my friends because we're at the bar and I'm paying the tab and stuff like that you know or or whatever mm -hmm. so so my my daughters and my kids became my best friends actually my my two daughters became my best friends after that. Mm -hmm. I would talk to them about everything. We would do everything together. I would come home to work from work and they were always there. And I have custody of all my kids for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So every time I got home, we would just do stuff. We would go hiking, we'd go for walks. You know, we would talk, I would tell them everything. Anything that was in my mind, I would tell them. They would give me their feedback. I was there mm -hmm. for any kind of stuff that was going at school for them. I was just there. I was there 100% all the time. And I made sure that I was there. I didn't mm -hmm. care about work or going after whatever. As, as soon as, even if I had to take the day off, I didn't care. I'm like, I got to go be there for my kids. So stuff that I, did, I never did before. Like before, yeah. I, didn't, I, I just wanted to work. Work and do go hang out with guys that I thought were my friends, but they really weren't. Mm -hmm. So hmm. that's where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you reach a level of maturity. You have to go through that stage where you're trying to find yourself and then realizing, like, I'm sure your dad told you, you know, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And going through that stage, you're like, okay, are these people really here for me? And then, going through your sobriety, getting clear-minded and then realizing what was truly important. And that's where you're at now. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing, Alfredo. It really is, man. It's, um, it's definitely the, uh, finding yourself, you know, and what is important. No, it, de it definitely, 
when, when I did that, mm -hmm. it, it, it made me a different person. Like a yeah. completely different person. And it was like, I focused a lot on myself, like my mm -hmm. physically like self, my mental self. And then that just opened up everything for my kids. Like mm -hmm. my son, I, my youngest son is deaf, mm -hmm. which is hard. And I've been a single father for the last three years. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking care of all of my kids. And I do my best to, to get them. Like, it, it's been hard. It's mm -hmm. been hard to to do this trade to work and deal with the kids to get them to school. I mean, I had to have, mm -hmm. I, luckily, I'm blessed that I had my mother to help me for a long time. She helped me with the kids to get them to school. Mm -hmm. Now I have my old, my oldest daughter. She She's kind of taking over and she's helping me with getting the younger kids to school and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. Which, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have that. And, yeah. And and you know and it's just it's it's, it's hard it's hard I, I and I get how I, I I can see how hard it is for the the mothers that stay at home and I got a lot of respect for these women because it you know it's it's I I do it at at work you know my phone doesn't stop in the morning like I'm gonna make sure in the morning that they get to school or if not there's been times where if I'm working locally like by where they're at. I'll go over there and pick them up and take them to school and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's like, I get how these women sometimes get, you know, I give them a lot of respect for being single mothers and stuff like that to take, take care of the household. Cause I got to do it. I got to work and come home and still take care of the house stuff like that. Like I'm cooking dinner for my kids almost every, every night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I'm too tired, I'll, Thank God for DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff like that. Because, <laughs> right. you know, sometimes I'm too tired and I'm like, I'll just Uber eat some food to you guys, you know, and I'm laying in bed, you know. Mm. But it's, but it's all it's, it's good, man. I mean, like, it made me realize a lot. And, and you know, it's it, it cleared my mind big time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I can't even imagine being in your shoes brother um i got to stay home for 2020 when i retired from uh from line work and um i became you know mr mr dad right and the kids were yeah. on lockdown so they couldn't even go to school so i had the kids at home they're doing zoom i'm trying to train them and everything i'm trying to start you know this podcast deal going on and dealing with all their different problems and i finally realized firsthand how much a stay-at-home mom has to do i mean my god dude their job never stops bro never never, never. And, <laughs> you know and i mean i'm coming home from work after working a 12-hour day mm -hmm. and i'm doing laundry you know i'm doing laundry for the kids and cooking at the same time and i'm like what the hell <laughs> like you know it's like I should Is there be ever able a to break. <laughs> no, and I'm like, I should be able to come home and like relax. And mm -hmm. you know, I, unfortunately, I did have a few people that came in my life that helped me. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I was grateful for that because you know, it helped me, it gave me a relief. Mm -hmm. But still, you know, it, it's hard. It's still hard because I mean, I got kids that I gotta, if they need something at school, I gotta make sure. 
I have to make sure that I, you know, I have to go to school, sign up, whatever. I have paperwork that I got to sign or doctor's appointments that I got to take them to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, I got to take time off of work to go do that. Yeah. So, you know, before I didn't, I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, like, I'm working. Mm-hmm. But now it, I'm a dad. I have to, I have to take care of that. I have to do it. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't bother me to take the day off to go take, you know, take my kids to the doctor and to do what they need for school or whatever. So it's like, like, it's just, it's just a responsibility that I got now. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that, you know, becoming a dad, how it changed your perspective in life, you know, and that you took the values that you learned from your dad, which is the hard work and dedication to the family. And you're able to show your children, your daughters and your sons, what it is to be a dad. And, you know, with that being said, Alfred, what kind of advice do you have for the new family dad, the young family dad who's coming up? Cause right now in the trade, there's a lot of new apprentices that are coming in, dude, and they got young families, brother. What kind of advice can you give to them? You know, the best advice I can give these these younger guys is just be a dad. Be there for your kids. Because trust me, your kids are going to appreciate it when they get older. They're going to know that you're there. Hey, it, it doesn't matter if you take a day off. Mm-hmm. A day off from work is a day off from work. But you know what? The gratification you're going to get from just showing up not, not only that, like I, just to just show up to watch them go play a soccer game mm-hmm. or, you know, or, or a school project or something that you got to help them with. It's just it, it, that your kids are going to appreciate it in the long run. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, uh, and then you're going to be you're going to have the gratification for doing that. But, you know, it's just just be a good, good, good parent. It's there's so many things that I could say. It's like, mm-hmm. but for the new dads, just just be there for your kids. Just mm-hmm. just you know, just be under under just just be there. Just be involved with them. That's mm-hmm. it. Just be involved with them. I get it. I know it's hard with this work. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. Especially if you're an apprentice. I mean, an apprentice, you kind of don't have a choice. You have to work. Mm-hmm. But but when you're a lineman, you have choices and stuff. And just just be the best parent that you can be. Just be the mm-hmm. be a dad, and trust me, your kids are gonna appreciate it in the long run. They're gonna remember that my dad was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. You know, there's there is going to be times where there's emergency work where you cannot be there, which yeah, it comes with our trade. You don't have that at that point. It's and my kids understand that because my kids do understand that. Yeah, because you know they I've been in the trade for like 22 years, 20 almost. You know, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> they're gonna they know that okay, dad has to go to work. Yeah, and uh, and they get it. But as long as you come home and you, 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 you know, you, you just show them that you just show them love that, you know, and then mm-hmm. how can I say this? Like, we, obviously you're going to work crazy hours, but as soon as and you, when you get home, they just make it up to them. You know, they're going to, they're going to appreciate it. If you, you know, they understand it. 
Mm-hmm. But like I always told like my kids, like I missed Thanksgivings with him before. Mm-hmm. And and then I came home, you know, a couple of days later after working, you know, a storm or something. And then I I made him a Thanksgiving dinner. I said, well, we're going to redo it. I know it's not Thanksgiving, but we're going to redo it. And they appreciate yeah. that. They like yes. that. Because you know what? You're they understand that you were not there, but you're still trying to like make it happen. So mm-hmm. and just stuff like that. Just little stuff. Just just yeah. just appreciate the kids and, and make it work. And if you miss something, just make it up to them. Trust me, that's gonna it, it makes a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. I like that you said appreciate your kids. That's awesome. Yep, absolutely, brother. I think that's what we sometimes fail to do as fathers is um, we, you know, just like in work, when you're doing it for so long, you get complacent, right? And we hear it all the time in the trade, right? We get Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think with our children, we get complacent with them too. With our families, we, we get complacent. And sometimes we need to reassess and realize what's important and start appreciating, right? coming out of that yeah. gratitude and yes that's awesome brother now so alfredo i wanted to ask you brother because our time is coming short you know there's a question that always gets brought up to me you know what is one thing you'd like to change in the trade when it comes to our families you know we know this trade can be hard on our family it has the ability to magnify problems that we didn't even know existed so what's something that you would like to see change in a positive way in this industry for the family for the family mm-hmm. for the worker and for their families and stuff like that what would you like to see change like support for the families as far as uh you know like single dads and stuff like that or you know what i mean well, the, the the company that i work for now mm-hmm. they all they all everybody knows they're like the gfs i mean i was a gf there for a little bit and i became a form back again but the superintendent as well, they all knew. They all knew that I had I was a single dad and I had mm-hmm. I had I had things to do, so they always they they never they gave me the opportunity to do what I had to go do. Like if okay. they knew, they knew that I had to take time off mm-hmm. to go take care of stuff, they they didn't have a problem with it at all. They backed me up one hundred percent, which I love that. Yeah. And I just think it's just communication. Mm-hmm. You know, if you communicate with your your the supervisors or whatever, and let them know what's going on, they'll work with you, mm-hmm. and and you know they'll help you out. Like you know, if you need time off, they'll give you. You know, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. In which these these guys did. They they knew. They they told me a hundred percent all the time. Like I don't understand. Like I can't even imagine what you're going through because I was mm-hmm. you know. They're like, I can't imagine you with four kids, single dad, you have to take care of all this stuff. So they, they helped me out. Like, yeah, they, they backed me up. And I give them a lot of respect and a lot of love for them for doing that. Because mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they had my back of it. Mm-hmm. But and they always told me, it's just communication. Just communicate with us. Let us know what's going on. We're going to help you. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do whatever it takes to make it work. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more like, as long as you communicate with people and let them know what's going on, like, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. These companies are changing completely from back in the day how it used to be. Because back in the day, they didn't they didn't care. Yeah, they didn't give no no, no care at all. No care. It's like <laughs> you don't have. You're gonna work. You're gonna work. And that's it. You know. But now mm-hmm. these these companies have changed, and you know the managers and stuff. You let them know as long as you let them know what's going on in your life, mm-hmm. they're gonna back you up and help you out. Mm. So I mean. That's pretty much it on that part of it. Yeah. And it's good to see that they have changed because, man, I, I, you know, like you, I came from a place where, all right, you can't work. We'll get someone else. You know, it didn't matter how many attaboys you had, you know, <laughs> if you couldn't come, you couldn't work. Oh, they didn't need you. You know what I mean? If you yeah. have family time or whatever, they just get someone else, you know, and uh, that's the way a lot of companies viewed their employees, you know, and it's good to see that you actually have an employee employer right now who actually through communication is able to, to help you and work with you. And that's good. And I think more companies need to turn like that. And I, and I think they are, I think there's a, a greater awareness, you know, um, I see it all the time where everybody was on a big push for IQ, which is, your ability to learn something new. Everybody was pushing IQ, IQ, IQ. Well, now the big push is for EQ, which is emotional intelligence. And I think that's where we're at now today, where people are getting more in touch with their emotional side and being able to relate to people for the biggest portion of our, of this past century, people were non-relatable. Okay. They, they looked at you as a commodity. Right. And I think we took that on, you know, a lot of fathers took that on, too, is looking at us at our families as a commodity. You know, um, Will Monzingo, a past guest, said the same thing that he started to look at his his children and his family as a possession, as a commodity. Right. And that's unrelational. So when we get that emotional intelligence, we're actually able to empathize with them and see them as people the way it was intended. And we can start communicating at that level, which is really awesome, you know, so. That's cool, bro. That's I'm glad. I'm I'm glad to hear that the company you work for is doing that. That that's a big thing, man. That's huge. And if no, I can, it, yeah, it, it is. And I and I respect like all the managers and stuff and the people that I work for, because mm-hmm. they you know you know. I mean, I I I came up with a lot of them as well. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, like they say, they always used to tell me, I don't. They're like, I I don't. I I can't imagine what you're going through and do what you're doing by yourself but like it's crazy mm-hmm. and you know because they all have wives and stuff like that and and i i don't i'm, I'm just by myself so they're like mm-hmm. you know and i tell them like hey i gotta do this i gotta take this day off to go take care of this and and you know they they help they work with me so and i appreciate them as well for doing that because mm-hmm. nice. you know before it was never like that it was like you know what you got too much stuff going on. We don't need you. Bye. Yeah. You know? Solve your problems. We'll find someone else. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, very harsh and hardcore, you know, but I get it. I get it. You know, that they're doing what they're showed too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a business. They got to take care of their business as well, but you know, it's, it's a different world now than it was back in the day. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. 
But uh, Alfred, how could someone reach out to you if they want to talk to you and ask you some questions? I know this is going to be able to uh, help a lot of people in a positive way. I thank you for sharing all this great stuff and being so open and true with our listeners. How can they reach out to you, brother, if you don't mind? They can reach me out through my Instagram. You can, you can, you know, tag me on my Instagram. They can call me through that. Okay. Or, or you, they can even, I'll give you my personal number. It's 626-862-2634. They can text me. I can talk to them. I mean, because I'm sure there's probably a lot of people out there that are going through the same thing that I am. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, but still, like, you know, they can reach out to me because... It, it's 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 hard but yeah i i can help them out with whatever mm-hmm. you know talk to them and tell them my story that i've been through and, and you know maybe i can help them out too in their situations absolutely brother well, once again thank you alfie for coming on here bro and sharing with our show i know our listeners are going to be super super stoked to hear your story man and uh it takes a lot of a lot of guts, bro, to come on here and uh, share what you did, and I appreciate it. I really do, brother. And keep being that dad that shows up for your family, brother. You got a beautiful family, bro. Thank well, you. I pre- I thank you, man. I appreciate. It. I'm I'm going to the pumpkin patch right now, and we're gonna, oh, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm gonna get all the kids. We're gonna go to the pumpkin patch and then barbecue and then start carving pumpkins for Halloween. Yeah, I'm gonna go carve mine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just bought we went to costco and just bought like seven of them so we got a lot of carving to do dude sawzalls work great for them suckers let me tell <laughs> right? you right <laughs> I, I got i got three of them at the house so I, I, we, we'll, you know we'll, we'll figure something out heck yeah well right on alfredo thank you so much for coming on brother god bless Man, thank you exactly appreciate you thank you